Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Point of Order, a sports show right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. If you are a regular listener to this program, you will notice that I do not sound anything like the usual host, uh, Joe or anybody else. And that is because I am Colby Smith. I host Young Persons Radio, which airs right before this program on Sunday mornings, which is a Sunday morning comedy call-in show right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. And today, for the second week in a row, I'm filling in for Joe and everybody else at Point of Order and very, very happy to do so. Uh, so uh, we'll be with you until 12 noon, uh, at which point the show will end. We'll go to some other music shows on the station. But until then, I am joined in the studio by two people who are way more qualified than me to host a sports show. I'm talking, of course, first about uh, Matt Strickland. Hello. And Noah Fader. Hey, how's it going? Who both host the Tau of Hoops podcast uh, uh, elsewhere on the Internet. Uh, so, guys, thank you for coming in, uh, and uh, helping me here this morning. Yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, super happy. Thanks for having us. Um, yeah, we're ready. We're we're. This is maybe an all-purpose sports show, but yes. we're strictly going to talk about basketball. Yeah, I that's, that's what we know and love. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you're looking for NFL draft talk, go elsewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is uh, this is exciting for me because this is uh, what I think we can call a triple crossover episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm uh, for Young Persons Radio. Am hosting Point of Order. And you guys, we're going to put this up on the Tower of Hoops feed, right? Yeah, yeah. To all our fans, this will eventually be streaming on the Tower of Hoops feed on uh, iTunes and (laughs) wherever you listen to your podcast. Yeah. Now, I can't tell people to check it out because this is a a nonprofit station, you see. I can't tell anybody to do it. Well, we've never uh, come close to making any money, so that's (laughs) fine. (laughs) But I have have listened. I'll just say this. I've listened to it many times and enjoyed it a lot. And um, if you think, uh, uh, you know, maybe you, you will too. Yeah. Oh, I think if you're a basketball fan, um, you will love it. And if you hate DeAndre Jordan as much as we do, you'll extra love it. <laughs> yeah. It'll or be, like your favorite thing. Yeah. If you hate any of the Clippers, the Los Angeles well, Clippers, the former or the Clippers. former Clippers. Yeah. The the, the Blake uh, Chris Paul Clippers. Yeah. You'll hear us throw a lot of shade at them over the <laughs> That's over what the I've course of the episodes. I, I don't really hate the Clippers. I just hate Lob City. Like anyone associated mm-hmm. with specifically Lob City. And now that that's over, I don't really care about the Clippers anymore. I, I think love that's Lou completely Williams. Done. Yeah. Like Lou Well, good for you, man. He's great. Money. And mm. of course, we love Austin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love any player who plays for his dad and falls down a lot. Yeah. And <laughs> is has such negative energy attached to his name and his previous performance that the fact that he's a decent player now just doesn't matter. He can cause fights while sitting on the bench. Yeah. And has. Yeah. Uh, and it, sources say that he's the one who told Blake to punch the equipment manager uh, three years ago so that Blake missed half the season in his best season of all time. Those are just what my sources are saying. <laughs> yeah, sources also say he's the one who uh, who emailed the uh, the blueprints uh, to the Houston Rockets so that they could find the secret tunnel to, that led them into the Clippers locker room. Yeah, he was the, he's the man on the inside. Mm-hmm. He's like Tom Noonan from the movie Heat. That is a deep cut reference. <laughs> we were just talking about Heat on my show. Were oh, you? Yeah, you and Rachel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the diner scene. Uh, I mean, the diner scene's great. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm talking about Tom Noonan. Who's like, this is a bank. Oh, yeah, I know. You've, I've seen Heat. Oh, you've seen Heat, yeah. <laughs> I have not seen Heat, and you I really feel see excluded. Heat. Heat's very good. Very good movie. Honestly, Colby, to me, the action is the juice. You know what I mean? <laughs> Colby, have you ever watched or played basketball? Yes, I played basketball for two years in middle school, and over the course of two years, scored four points, two of which were foul shots. 
Wow. Yeah, but you made that means you successfully made a field goal. Like I did. You, I did make a field goal. Field. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad you used the term field goal because I when No, no, no. Seriously. Seriously. You can see you guys laughing at me already. I have said that like when describing my middle school basketball right. days to other people and they're just like, "Field goal? <laughs> this isn't football, buddy. You didn't play football." <laughs> like yeah, well, I'm I'm a huge fan of legendary commentator and coach Hubie Brown, who uses mm-hmm. only the correct name for everything. Yes. He's like, no, look at this guy. He's going to use the jump shot form on an excellent field goal attempt here, and of course it's going to go in. Like, now, he doesn't call it the paint. He calls it the painted area. If you look at this guy, <laughs> he operates really well down in the painted area of the court because paint is just short for that. He just doesn't he, – he'll take his time to tell you exactly what he means. That he's, is very funny. He's maybe the third best commentator in Who all of that. Who would you put so above Hubie? I was just going to ask course, you Of course. I mean, actually, I'd put him fourth best because – This I, is upsetting to me. I'm going to – This is a riff. This I'm going to – Homerism is, must dictate okay. I pick uh, Mike Breen and uh, Clyde as number one and two. They're the commentators okay. for the New York Knickerbockers. Okay. okay uh, and sure. they're the best. Okay. And then obviously also Marv Albert's got to go mm. above Hubie. Marv it, Albert is my one of my least favorites. It's a little different cuz they're play-by-play and color guys. Yeah. So they have different skill sets. Uh but my favorite color guy is it's got to be Clyde. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Over Hubie. And then Marv and Mike Breen are just they're play-by-play so they're It's different it's a different species. Is there is there like an NBA equivalent of John Madden? Is there like a recognized all-time great uh, Mar- Vi- Marv probably. Marv uh-huh. Albert. Okay. Uh, okay. And then Dick Vitale used to do NBA games also, uh, and and Gus Johnson occasionally does an NBA game, mm. uh, but they're mostly college guys. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There's not the like. There's also not John Madden was like a player and then a coach and then a commentator and was very good at all of them right. and had the job for thirty years. Marv Albert's the closest we have in the NBA, and he's really his skills are not where they used to be. He yeah. also. I don't know, had his scandals in the 90s that mm-hmm. uh, we just moved past. That's what we yeah, did 25 bit, years ago. Uh, mm. He bit a prostitute on the butt. Yeah, uh, non-consensually. Non-consensually bit her on the butt. Yeah, I'm not I trying just... to yuck anyone's yum, but yeah. like in this case, it was it was a yuck all around. So, Yikes. you know, he's not perfect. No. <laughs> but, but who is, except for Hubie Brown? <laughs> and Clyde, man. Hey, I love Clyde. Actually, Clyde's steakhouse is not perfect, but all right. <laughs> Well, I would like, if I may, to move into some more deep, serious sports talk. Sure. Um, uh, it's a, it's going to be hard for me. Uh, it's going to be a little sad. Uh, I'm going to try to not cry. Um, but, you know, let's just get into it. Christoph Porzingis yeah. tore his ACL and is out for the season. At yeah. least. At least the season. Yeah. I mean, he'll probably won't be back until next winter, next, like, March. Yeah, he... he- could potentially so it's he tore it in february six months out is then would be august so he could be back but it's like a six to eight month type of thing so he could really? slip the miss training camp at the start of the season and well i'll tell you this i'm going to be watching jabari parker and zach levine like hawks the rest of the season because it's not as bad as tearing your achilles but it's not a great injury to have and especially for someone who's seven foot three <laughs> We have a history of guys that size just getting hurt. And, you know, then we saw it happen to Yao Ming, mm-hmm. Greg Oden. I mean, Bill Walton back in the days, these big, big guys who get little dinged up injuries. And this is more than a ding, but they just yeah, their joints can't, can't take it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that with the ACL injury, I mean, I watched Zach Levine on Friday night. and We'll talk a little bit more about that game. He came back 
apparently at 95% of what he was before. He's also a hyper athletic freak, dunk contest winner, and not a normal player. And he's not seven foot three. He's yeah. like six foot six or so. So there's a big difference between a slightly above average sized person and a extremely like 99th and a half percentile height person. So I think we're pretty good at the surgery. Like we as a society, we, lots of people get their ACLs replaced and repaired and all that good stuff. But it's just hard. He also had his childhood illnesses where he has weaker joints in general. Mm-hmm. He is he is anemic. Yeah. So he was he had malnourished, anemic, and uh, abused, and uh, had cornrows and looked was too he did cool. Did have cornrows. Latvia. Yeah. But I don't know. I will. I'm trying not to lose all hope, but I am severely depressed and i have not been to work in weeks and uh, <laughs> the, the injury happened less than one week ago but he hasn't been to work in weeks <laughs> yeah he something told it. him it uh, was yeah, gonna happen something told yeah someone i just had this bad feeling of impending doom yeah um uh, but now the knicks you know they so they've they've their dream of making the playoffs is gone mm-hmm. they will not do that well, what if it was even alive before we talked last time that it was not really alive? It was it was not realistic, but I think they thought that they had a chance to make the playoffs. They were not going to be eliminated until April, probably. Yeah, as opposed to <laughs> February or March, the last couple of years. And I think had Kristaps not been injured, I think they would have tried to do more at the trade deadline. And all right, let's talk about what they did at the trade deadline. In a vacuum, I like what they did. Sure, and what they, they gave did up, was, and what they did, Cole, was they gave up. <laughs> Doug McDermott, who's uh, sort of a stretch big uh-huh. sh- jump shooter. They're kind of like a Ryan Anderson light. He can't do a ton, can't really defend inside, but he is very big and can shoot over people, three-point mm. specialist. I always like, I like you know. He's, he's he's, got, he has a place in the NBA. He has, he's certainly an NBA player, probably a rotation player on even good teams. Mm. Yeah, he's like an eighth, ninth man. Yeah, uh, pretty one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. I would say I think of him as just a shooter, like a jump yeah. shooter. And he had his moments for the Knicks this season. Um, the Knicks were a bad team, so I don't know <laughs> how much that's saying, but he had his moments. Uh, but I, in a vacuum, I like what they did because they traded Doug McDermott for Emmanuel Moutier, the seventh pick in the 2015 draft. So he's still young. He still has, I mean, quote-unquote, some upside. I don't know. I mean, yeah. but they're doing what Brooklyn has been doing since Brooklyn and traded away all their picks. They're just becoming a repository for misfit toys, you right. know. And it's just like, all right, well, we'll see what we can do with Emmanuel Moutier. He couldn't succeed there. He has been very bad. I want to make that clear. He's a bad, he's been a very bad NBA player. But taking a flyer on him in a season where there's not much else to lose isn't a terrible idea in a vacuum. Now, what I don't like is that we already have Frank Nilakina as our starting point guard, or not starting. He should be starting. Jared Jack's starting above him. And now we got Trey Burke on this team, misfit toy, but older. I don't know why we're investing in Trey Burke. We got Jarrett Jack, 34. Again, I don't know why we're investing time and minutes in these guys when we have 19-year-old, eighth pick in the draft, Frank Nilakina, who should be getting these minutes. He's been playing about 20, 22, 25 minutes a game, and I like Jeff Hornacek bringing him on slowly in the early part of the season, but now Kristaps is down. We're not trying to win any more games. We actually should be losing games for Donkic and... I don't. I don't know. I, I. It bothers me that we keep placing older players with lower ceilings above him in the depth chart. Well, I, I'm just looking at some stats here, comparing Moutier's first season when he seemed like a bust, and 
French Frank season where he seems like a hopeful player. Let's just take a look at their per 36. I mean, I'm sure they're similar. All right. So field goal percentage, one shot, 36%. The other shot, 35%. Uh, Three-point percentage, one shot, 32.6. One shot, 31.9. Uh, overall, total rebounds per 36 was 4 and 3.7. Uh, assists were 6.5 and 6. Steals were 1.7 and 1.1. So 1.7, the more steals there is... Franks, that gives you a little bit of an advantage well, here. Well, Frank's just a much better defender. That's why you're not seeing the stats. Frank is one of the better perimeter defenders in the league right now at sure. 19. Uh, sure. I'll, also, I'll it's his allow first it. season. I'll... Moody still hasn't improved on those numbers. I mean, he, maybe he has stat-wise. very slightly. His shooting is actually was greatly improved this year for him. He finally hit that vaunted 40% field goal percentage mark. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> and he's okay at threes, right? Isn't he shooting 37%? He is, which is, you know, that that's ab- above average enough to be a threat. If that's his only skill in terms of shooting that and the volume that he's shooting also, uh, of his 15 per 36 attempts, 4.4 of those, sorry, 4.9 of those were three-point attempts. I mean, there's a dream. I see what, I see the the unrealistic dream of this move, which I think is to play Moutier and Nilakina together, which isn't, it's very unrealistic and it will probably never happen in any, in any positive way, but they're both really big. They're both really long. If either of them could be consistent, if Frank could get to the point where he's shooting 37% from three sure, and he continues to improve his ball handling and passing, which we've already seen a great improvement from the beginning of season till now, that might be that'd be one of those backcourts where you can squint your eyes and be like, "Holy God, that's that's we don't want to play those guys because they're both big. They're and they're both Frank, six five. Which, yeah, and they're both super long. It, yeah. They could they could. This is all conditional, you know. They could be a good defensive backcourt potentially. I, I I'm trying to envision other successful backcourts where you had <laughs> no shooting <laughs> well, well not just where you had no shooting let's say that they both become three-point shooters that are threatening enough that you can't duck under every pick yeah. right uh and let's say they just played james harden style threes layups that's it nothing in between uh which i think is part of it also they're not getting very good shot opportunities on mm-hmm. either denver or on new york right mm-hmm. uh let's say that they can do that they can evolve get more efficient overall even if their actual numbers don't go up just by shot selection I'm trying to think of backcourts. We had two players this similar in makeup is as your starting backcourt. I mean, it's not the most successful backcourt, but you can <laughs> sort of look at the Pelicans right now and see a Rondo, Drew Holiday situation. Now, those are definitely di- very different players, but yeah. they have some superficial similarities. Also, shout out to Rondo for He's his performance playing, yesterday. Right? Triple double, old school triple double, playing like it's 2010. Shouts out to Reddit for that. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm very bummed that my friend Mike had a birthday and I couldn't go watch the two overtime periods of free basketball in Brooklyn and watch Rondo just carve people up for 40 minutes. And watch Anthony Davis like unleash hell. Yeah, drop 44 points, including I think he had like six in the last overtime or something just to put it away. And like 17 boards and five blocks and yeah. his stat line was insane. Yeah, sorry Spencer Dinwiddie, please still come on the pod, but... You got schooled a little bit. That's okay. I'm really happy Dinwiddie didn't get traded because he was on the block there for a second. Yeah, and he doesn't know it, but he's going to be our first NBA player guest on our podcast. Because <laughs> yeah. so. technically, you don't count as a guest because I guess technically we're guests on your show, Cole. Well, yeah. NBA player guest. You never played in the NBA, just middle school no, no, basketball. No, no, no. Yeah, right? just middle okay. school basketball yeah. in Western Maryland. Okay, yeah. I mean, that is the hotbed of middle school basketball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we are we are scouting that league for current 
players. Oh, right good. Now, yeah, that's just one more league I'm not up on stats wise anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't follow the Maryland for a <laughs> under twelve league. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty happy that I was a little worried earlier this season with my team Memphis being so bad that I was going to have to pivot to being a Euroleague fan and start watching a lot of like uh, Balkan league games and a lot of Italian games and French games, but. I haven't gotten there yet. There's there's been a lot of drama this season that's kept me involved in a lot of other teams, which has been great. Well, now that Kristaps is down, I'm just going to start watching Real Madrid and praying for that number one pick, yeah. Luka Doncic. Um, let's get back to the trade deadline, though. Yeah. You mentioned your your beloved Grizzlies. Yeah. They did nothing. What the heck are they well, doing? First of all, they made a huge trade. Oh, James Ennis. James Ennis for Bryce Johnson and a future heavily protected second round pick. You make that deal every time. <laughs> I don't know if you make that deal every time. It basically shaves a little bit of money off of their cap for this year. Both are going to be restricted free agents. James Ennis actually played for you guys, though. A lot. He was a good player. He started who, Wait, games. who's this guy you got? Bryce Johnson. And he, who is he? He was on the Clippers, came over in the Blake trade. He was very lightly used. I don't think he ever played a minute in Detroit or played very few minutes in Detroit. He is a player to make the salaries close enough for a trade to work. Yeah. So uh, it's just pure salary dump. It, yeah, you're dumping a million and a half dollars of salary to get off your books right now, and so you don't have a cap hold this summer. And also, James Ennis might get offers, uh, like real offers, this offseason. He can contribute maybe above. No, he's not getting above the mid-level exception. But no. he's going to be a restricted free agent, and there's like this cap hold mechanic, right, where someone makes an offer, and then you're stuck and can't sign anyone for... It's down to three days now, mm -hmm. but... They could be like the wrong three days where they can't make some moves that they want to make. So I don't think they're worried about that with Bryce Johnson. And we'll, he'll sign in September or August, not in July when they're trying to make their team. I like that teams are doing that now. Utah did the same thing sort of with Rodney Hood with these restricted free agents. They're just like, I don't want to have to make a decision. So I'm just going to trade you. Well, restricted free agents are like, as you saw with Miritich last summer and with Jermichael Green last summer. With under the new CBA, or at least in the current economic environment, are really in a bad spot. Mm -hmm. They are not getting paid. Oh, especially, yeah. Can you imagine Rodney Hood free agency in 2016 versus th this summer? 2016, up? probably legitimately max. 14 to $16 million. Yeah. Yeah, which is around, would have been around the max for yeah. a player of his tenure. Yeah. And now he's going to make, we saw Lou Williams is getting eight per year and yeah. who's probably a better player. I mean, older, but better. Yeah, and so what's Rodney Hood going to command? Eight and a half is six gonna, to ten. Yeah, eight and a half is going to be the mid-level exception for this offseason and probably the next one, unless the cap changes a lot. But so that's about as much he's going to get. More likely, he's going to get either the biannual at five or some smaller portion, unless he goes ham in the playoffs. Because now that he is on the Cavs, he will yeah. have a bigger spotlight and. Unlike every player the Cavs traded away, he can shoot. Yeah, so that's that's his skill. All right, well, let, we'll get to the Cavs. Let's go yeah. back to the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies had so Tyreek Evans, who is one of the most talked about, prized potential acquisitions at this trade deadline, and because because he's the biggest bargain probably in the NBA right now. Three million, three million dollars expiring a year deal, for twenty points on an expiring deal. Can create his own shot. Yeah, come off the bench. He's he's the kind of player that literally every team needs. Yes, he can shoot, create. He can pass. He played a lot of point guard for the Grizzlies this year uh, or as the primary ball handler. Really good player. And the Grizzlies were like, okay, we're, we know we're probably not going to be able to re-sign him. He's going to demand more than we can afford. 
So and they cannot go. They do not have his bird rights because of the correct, contract because it's done. a one year deal. So he, and they're capped out anyway. So they could only use the mid level. Yep. And uh, without making some moves that they wouldn't be able to or want to make. Yes, and every other team can also use the mid level. So you, does Tyreek want to stay in Memphis or is he going to go to Cleveland, to Boston, to Golden State? I mean, I don't know. Well, what what's so frustrating is it happens all the time where you have a trade lined up potentially and you're thinking of trading a guy you might even tell him hey we're looking at moving you as a respectful thing well, they shut him down and then it doesn't happen in this case they literally shut him down for over a week where they said we have deals lined up you're definitely going to be playing somewhere else you don't have to be with the team for the next for until the trade deadline and thank you so much and like marcus all is giving emotional interviews about how he much he enjoyed playing with him and now they bring him back and now they bring they him didn't back trade him why did they not trade him so, i know the story is they wanted a first round pick, and right? they were not willing to budge. Basically, they so it's just ego and pride. They could have gotten something. They now that he's going to walk. He's they're going to get nothing, I've and he's going to make the Grizzlies better when they're trying to tank. Yeah, I've heard a lot of what the offers were for him. The average offer seems to be two second round picks or one second round pick and a decent player. So like Moutier and a good second round pick was one that was apparently legitimately on the table uh, until the other Moutier deal went down. Uh, Washington was offering two seconds. Uh, Boston was offering two or three second round picks with whatever permutations of protections on them. They're probably not their own second rounders. And they just didn't budge. So now, if you're like, okay, well, maybe we can get him, we can keep him this summer. And it's more likely he'll pick us because we didn't trade him, but we said we were going to trade him. Yeah. The best of these ever was the Grizzlies had a trade to get rid of O.J. Mayo several years ago, and the fax didn't go through because they didn't let you do it on calls yet. You had to fax <laughs> it in still until like 2013 or something, and the fax didn't go through until 4.01 p.m., Oh God! and so the trade didn't go through. But they like the deal was completed. Both yeah. teams had agreed, just the league didn't approve it in time, which is the last step. You get on the horn with the league office, and they look over the contracts and say, yeah, the money works, and then it's official. So it that seems was unfair. That was a little bit worse. Yeah. Yeah. It's just user error. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone fat fingered the number pad and uh, mistyped the number and faxed it to a random person in the same area code, same prefix. Oh, that's why I got that fax. <laughs> <laughs> it all makes sense now. Yeah. You're always faxing, Matt. I know. <laughs> People are faxing you all the time. Yeah. Well, if you look at Matt's tweet history, he has a picture of a fax. He's like, I approve this contract. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> But I didn't. I didn't quite understand why. It was just like seems good to me. Yeah, everything <laughs> looks great. I approve. Yeah. If uh, if anyone has any questions, though, you can call in yes. or you can fax me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you do want to call in, it's nine zero four three five one zero seven two nine. That's nine zero four three five one zero seven two nine. All right. Now another team that did oh, not. We got one right away. Oh nice. wow! Got a call right. right away. Uh, let's get him on here. Caller, you're on the air with uh, me, Colby Smith, Matt Strickland, and Noah Fader. Hey, point of order. How's <laughs> it going, guys? This is Tim Keck. Tim Keck, how are you? Uh, please call us the Taub Hoops. Points of order is no more. <laughs> <laughs> this is a hostile oh, takeover. Oh, yeah, oh, we... Okay, I had some good, uh, some, uh, 
some trade talk for you, uh, specifically Matt Strickland. Do you think uh, Lou Williams and Hassan Whiteside for Josh Jackson and Terry Rozier is so a fair Josh, trade that any team should be participating in? Josh Jackson and Terry Rozier uh, have a ton of upside. Uh, they're both young. They're both. They just. They both have a lot of potential, and their ceiling is very high. Lou Williams, you sort of know what you're going to get. He's 31. He's only going to go uh, downhill. So I'm taking this trade very seriously. For those of you who don't know, this is this is a trade that was uh, vetoed in my fantasy league <laughs> because someone. So, uh, I, you I, what, were, uh... you're, you're telling me you don't accept that trade, Tim? It gets, if it gets offered to you, I'm I'm just as much of a victim in this. I would accept that trade, but the idea that your the argument is based on future potential in a non-keeper fantasy league is uh, one of the most fascinating arguments. But Another you... alternative out there was Michael Beasley for Lou Williams, which I don't think is good in any Beasley's scenario. getting all Chris But it would get minutes. Lou on Come the on. Knicks, so that's good. Like, listen, you have to think about, you. don't you want to be able to say, you know, I had Josh Jackson on my fantasy team in 2018 when he's an all-star in 2024. Yeah, he's Don't you want to be able to say, like, rights. I believed in him when? <laughs> mm-hmm. I had him then. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I knew point. I knew even then I had faith that someday this would come back to me in a good way. Who am I to like psychoanalyze Justice Kibbe? I don't know why he does what he does. And if I happen to be a beneficiary of it, so be it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, another, another uh, question or thing that I've been thinking about lately uh, or finding interesting is uh, tanking. And uh, I think Zach Lowe was talking about the, the standings. And how, uh, like, the Knicks, or I think uh, he was talking about the Lakers, are, like, too good to tank. Right. Because they have 23 wins, and all the teams tanking have 18, which seems ridiculous to me, especially because who's on the Lakers? They don't have, like, uh, an incredible, they don't have a, a guy, you know? Um, and a, and like with an a, injured Lonzo. They're a franchise player right now. Right? So I, would, I guess I was just wondering... Uh, what your thoughts were on how hard it is to actually tank. Because looking at, like, the standings and who is doing the worst, it's all injuries. It's all, like the Magic would not be uh, – would have more than 18 wins if, like, everyone on the team wasn't hurt. The Nets, probably, if D'Angelo Russell doesn't get hurt. And Jeremy better. Lane. The Bulls, same thing. I'll say this. We haven't even hit the All-Star break. And it seems like this season has been going on for years, but yeah. there's a lot left of the season, and there's a lot of time to. Uh, oh, Ennis Cantor and Tim Hardaway both have hurt knees. We're gonna sit them down. There's a lot of time for I, I, I Lonzo Ball to just be out for the season. Kuzma to like get like, oh, I have a sore back. Then sit them down, and then all yeah, of a sudden he, you're oh, going to let you all. We're not playing back to backs or yeah. road games or something absurd. There's a lot of time left in the season, starting at and center. when when you're looking at teams that are separated by as few as four games, I mean, Aaron Gordon can get hot, and then all of a sudden the Magic have won three in a row. You know, they still got to play the Suns. You know, yeah. The right now Atlanta, which is still going undefeated this year, as they retool while remaining competitive. Uh, is 17 and 39 leading the Tankathon, and shout out to Tankathon.com for always making this easy. Uh, there are 39 losses, and right now New York is at 33, and LA is at 32 losses. They're not going to catch up, but they can get into that top four or five. A lot of people are hyping up this year's draft classes. There might be six or seven immediate impacts, potential all star players. 
I never know because I refuse to watch college basketball because it's a lesser form. Uh, it's much. <laughs> I agree than, with you. Yeah, it, it, I agree with you. It, it is not as good. They're not as good players. No. no. Tom Sharpling talks about this. Is like I would never watch student films. <laughs> <laughs> it's very. It's a very accurate analogy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to watch student films or like go to the NYU coffee house to see yes. uh, what the latest bands are doing. Except for, I will say, except for women's college basketball, because that is the peak of women's basketball. That's probably true. You probably get the best collections of talent because there's no rules yeah. about recruiting. <laughs> you can yeah. just get everyone on Stanford and UConn and yeah. have these amazing teams. So I will say women's college basketball is great, but college basketball is... Um, my student films, I think, are more interesting <laughs> than most college basketball games. Yeah. Uh, we, but again, we are really into Western Maryland Division 4A mm-hmm. uh, Totally. You know, I'm glad you brought this up. You know, a little bit of breaking news for you. A couple hours ago, uh, uh, Fort Hills uh, girls uh, uh, defeated Hampshire 48 to 44 last night. Wow! Wow! What an upset! Sydney Washington, uh, Sydney Wilson had a game high 18 points, and uh, uh, Nye McGraw 13, and McKenna Smith 10, with Fort Hill scoring 19 points in the fourth quarter. 18 points in a 40 All point game, game is like that's like the equivalent that's most of, of the game. LeBron James scoring 50. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that that's Will Chamberlain scoring 100. Yeah. I'll amazing. have more updates as this. As okay, we, thank as you. As this story progresses, <laughs> we're going to go live. Oh, we just got a quote from coach Rick Stevenson. Uh he says, "Quote, we kept our composure. We didn't shoot well from fa- the foul line in the first half, but at halftime, we refocused and regained our composure. We were more aggressive and went to the baskets." And got the foul line in the second half. That's end quote. It's wow. Rick, uh, Rick Stevenson. You know, that's Popovician, I would say. Uh, you, <laughs> yeah. know, terse, you know, it's but you, you, get, you can get so much out of it. If Ty Lue gets fired, potentially, I don't know. What do we Stevenson. think? This guy? Rick, Stevenson. Rick, Stevenson. Rick Stevenson? Yeah, fly yeah. him out. Yeah. Um, Is it right. too late for Ty Lue to get fired this season? You, I mean, anything could happen, but I would say he's probably safe until at least the summer, yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see him get fired mid-playoffs. That would be insane. I mean, they're LeBron coaches that team anyway. They're down three right? one in the first in the first round somehow, and against you know Washington or whatever. And yeah, that would be amazing. Um. Well, Tim, I hope we answered your question <laughs> about Tim. Yeah. If you're still with us. <laughs> oh yeah, it went great. I have I have two more very short questions, and then I will just leave. Okay. Great. Okay. Cool. Uh, <laughs> then we'll get to two random things I was thinking about yeah. while you were talking. Okay. One. Uh, why did Rodney Hood get traded? I think I'm a little confused because it seems like his contract wasn't bad and that he has tons of upside. Uh, so is there something wrong with Rodney Hood? And my other question is, uh, uh, are, is there a point where we're just going to stop, teams are just going to stop drafting people over like 7-1 because inevitably they're going to break down and like have injuries and never play again and have full careers in the NBA? Uh, loving the show, guys. <laughs> Colby, would love to hear you pitch in more. Uh, Tim out. All right, thanks, Tim. Well, for the Rodney Hood thing, I think we actually talked on this a little bit earlier. Uh, He's going to be a restricted free agent this Mm offseason, and I don't think they are willing to pay him. I think they're like, we have Donovan Mitchell now. Mm -hmm. He is maybe right now already, I think he is right now already better than Rodney Hood. absolutely. And has the potential to, I think he could be like an all-star caliber player. And there are a lot of whispers around the league about Rodney Hood being soft, both physically and mentally. Yeah. Um, physically, just look at his game logs. It seems like he misses three out of every eight games. And, like, I've had him in my fantasy league, and it's 
very frustrating. So I can't imagine how it must feel to actually be a Utah Jazz fan. Uh, and he, he does have a lot of potential. You're right. And he's good when he plays. But people always say the best, avila- uh, best ability is availability. And yep. he's just not. He's hurt every week, it seems like. Yeah, and that's the type of player where it's – so because of his injury history, it's always going to be a question of – it's always going to be a bet, basically. You're not getting a sure thing by giving him a big contract, which he will probably command from mm-hmm. somewhere. Uh, probably will lose his bird rights because I don't think Cleveland will keep him unless LeBron leaves. Uh, I wouldn't be so sure about that. I think if Cleveland, depending on how he plays, if Cleveland can keep him for – a Lou Williams size contract of about eight million a year, which we just got to see what the market's going to yeah. be. Because if that's the market, that's it's yeah. possible that that would be the case. I think they would keep him because he, let's just talk about what Cleveland did. They yeah, got, let's get right into that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Cleveland traded uh, Jay Crowder, Dwayne Wade, Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. Uh, who else? Mon Shumpert, Channing Fry. The average age of the people they sent away was 29, 31, something yeah. like that. And the average age of the people they got back was 25. They yeah. Rodney Hood, George Hill, Larry Nance, Jordan Clarkson. So let's break this down trade by trade. Uh, the first one I thought was, this, where this all started, was Isaiah Thomas and Channing Fry and their own first-round pick. So they're keeping the Brooklyn pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, That's a big win of this whole thing. That they, the and, and that they have to keep the Brooklyn pick. It took it off the table because of the whatever the rule is, the, the Steepian rule? Steepian rule, yeah. yeah uh, where you can't trade your pick in consecutive years. Uh, for Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance, I think Jordan Clarkson's a fantastic player. Uh, he's like one of these feast or famine guys, and he's that's what Bill Simmons calls him. But he's also, he's very polarizing. A lot of people love him. A lot of people hate him. A lot of like the ringer guys were super down on him. I, I like him. And he's been starting for the Lakers the past couple of years, which that's not his role. But you can see him in as like a Jamal Crawford, for sure, six man, just instant offense kind of guy. And I, I, I really like him. Yeah, I, I think he's great. There was a fun quote from him yesterday at his his first uh, shoot around in Cleveland. The last question he got was, "Are you going to miss Lavar?" <laughs> and he laughed and said, "That's it for me, man," and ran away. So he did not <laughs> anger the big baller Rand Gotts. Uh, uh, I, as a as a casual basketball yeah. viewer, I love Levar Ball. Oh. <laughs> I love the whole family. <laughs> I I actually tried to buy some. I found out that Big Baller Brand is going to start making bottled water. Uh-huh. So I went to the site on Friday night to see if I could buy some, and it's not available yet. <laughs> but I was like, you know, I support what Levar's doing in general. I'm very yeah. pro Levar and pro Big Baller in general. Yeah, yeah. They don't have anything worth buying except the shoes. Ah, uh, that's a shame. Yeah. All the hoodies are the stupid Triple B logo in bad color combinations. Nah. Did you see the uh, the kid at the Milwaukee Bucks game wearing Big Baller brand and then Giannis was like, no, take that off, take that off. And he, Giannis literally took his own sweatshirt off and gave it to the kid. Yeah. <laughs> Further proof that Giannis is amazing. God. It's like mean Joe Green. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, kid. <laughs> It's really fun watching Giannis. There, there are a lot of Greek people in America, and Giannis is one of them. And every major, at least big city like New York that he goes to, there will be hundreds of Greek nationals or Greek Americans in the crowd who he gets passes to like 300 people from the hangout after the game. Uh-huh. And they like sing the Greek national anthem together <laughs> and get to speak Greek to each other. That's and great. It, 
it's amazing. It's a lot of fun. He's a uh, wonderful person. I love Giannis. Love uh, smoothies. Before we get back into it, I want to say we if you want to call in, the number is 904-351-0729. That's 904-351-0729 here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Go back to it. Okay. Back so Channing, Channing Fry, LeBron's buddy. Okay. Road Trip and Podcast, RIP. The Lakers say they're going to keep him. Uh, weird. Weird. Uh, he would seem like a prime buyout candidate. Same thing with Isaiah Thomas, to be fair. Yeah. So the why did the Lakers do this? The Lakers got two expirings now, and they have cleared room for two max contract spots. They will now have the most cap room this summer, I believe, and if they waive Ran- if they stretch Randall and get do some yeah. other machinations. Mm. And so the irony now is they have made it much easier for the Lakers to sign LeBron, the Cavs. They have made it much easier for the Lakers to sign LeBron and potentially, potentially steal him away. But if LeBron wants to go to the Lakers, he's going to go to the Lakers anyway. Yeah. So I think the Cavs make this trade every time because the Cavs got players out of the deal. People really like Larry Nance. I haven't mm. watched as much Lakers as Nance is I, I watch a handful I've watched a handful of Lakers games this year uh mainly because I like watching West Coast games because I'm up late anyway mm-hmm. and I'm like all right that game was fun but what I'm gonna do until I go to sleep at 2 a.m oh mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch the Lakers play yeah uh, so yeah so we're talking about the Lakers do yeah. we think the Lakers are the most beloved Southern California sports franchise because I feel like people like they have a lot more patience for the Lakers just because like all the history than they do for like the Dodgers yeah. For example. Yeah, I think without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. Dodgers fans remind me a lot of New York Rangers fans. <laughs> there's a lot out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you don't see them until it's time. Right. Like every <laughs> like when the Rangers were really good a few years ago and like going to the Western Conference of the Stanley Cup finals every mm-hmm. year or two, like twenty what was that two thousand nine to two thousand twelve or so, there were a ton of diehard Rangers fans with like tattered like Rangers Gretzky jerseys oh, from yeah. the nineties on yeah. running around New York. They were real Rangers fans. I had just never seen them before. But all of a sudden, they're everywhere. And I think Dodgers fans are a lot like that. Yes. There's a ton of them. I just don't know where they live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the people like the Lakers more than they like L.A. as a city. I feel like L.A. is like hated as a city by the country at large. And then you have the Lakers that everyone's just like, ah, oh, they're not so bad. Well, I, that's a product of winning. I think yeah. when Kobe was and Magic. the best. Yeah. Matt, well, just Kobe for people more our age. Yeah. Kobe was the best player in the league for mm-hmm. a while, or according to Shea Serrano, ar- maybe not ever. Arguably, uh, and so people love. That's why you, people are Cleveland fans now, or people were Miami yes. fans. People right. just love the best quote unquote team or the best quote unquote player. Yeah, uh, but they do have the sort of Cowboys thing, Cowboys Yankees. Like people view them as America's team. Yeah, they're think. they're a national yeah. franchise for sure. I yeah. think you're right that more people, way more people, there are way more Lakers fans than LA fans. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Yeah, whereas it's 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 like the rare thing where it becomes more than just like it's not just the local team, yeah. right? You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like the Yankees or the Cowboys, right? For sure, they, yeah. the representative yeah of America. And, there are people who don't know anything about the NBA all over yeah. the world. Who there's only a handful of teams like that, like the Knicks, mostly the Lakers. The Rockets the, in China. The Celtics, I would say, too. Somewhat, uh, Maybe yeah. less lately. Yeah. Um, I think less in general, because yeah. Boston's Boston. Yeah. yeah. And now the Warriors. But people know Larry yeah, Bird. Warriors. I feel like Larry Bird is like a, a global celebrity. Yeah, I don't know. That's, he hasn't been for a while. He doesn't keep a high profile. Like, Magic keeps a very That's high true. profile. That's true. And, yeah. Which is funny, because Larry has been active in the league the entire time as a coach or executive. Right. <laughs> but never giving it. Like, when he's a coach, he had to give interviews. But... He yeah, doesn't. he's not a very publicly facing person. Mm. He's kind of quiet. 
Mm. So I guess also he's just an Indiana legend. He doesn't have to leave Indiana to get the adulation that. Yeah, that he needs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's fine. That's the that's the basketball capital of America. So that's also just not his style. It's not his life. There's a great Jackie McMullen story about going to interview Larry at his house in Salt Lake. And she no in Indiana. French Lake. Yeah, French Lake. French Lake. Uh, French Lake. They from French Lake. Yeah. And so he, she brings, she's like, oh, I have to bring a bottle of wine to Larry and his wife. So she buys what she thinks is like a pretty nice bottle at like 50 bottle, $50 for the bottle. And she brings it and they're like disgusted with it. They're like, this is insane. And they pull out a bo- like a couple of bottles of two buck chuck and that's what they drink. <laughs> 50 is <laughs> disgust. That's, that's too great. much. I thought that's you were going to go the complete story. opposite no. direction. They're going to like, oh, we'll put that in the cellar and they open up the basement and just throw it down the stairs. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they're like, this is, they're like Bud Light, you know, salty earth people. Yeah. Let's go back to uh, the Ky- more fallout from mm. the, the Kyrie trade, yeah. uh, which is really, the, that was the most fascinating subplot right. to all of this, is Kyrie trade for the pick, Jay Crowder and Isaiah. We just talked about Isaiah leaving. Now let's talk and about Zizich. Don't forget Auntie and Auntie Zizich. Zizich, obviously. Uh, now let's talk about their their next trade of the day of the four that they made. I believe George Hill and Rodney Hood to the Cavaliers. They send out Derrick Rose and Jay Crowder, both signings this year to the Jazz. Joe Johnson, Amon Shumpert, and a second go to Sacramento. So Shump finally ditching Shump, which he'd been not effective for two, a season and a half now, basically. Uh, giving up on Derrick Rose, who's been waived already, uh, and giving up on Jay Crowder, who never really performed for them the way they wanted. I think this group of trades is where you really see the benefit of what the Cavs have done. So yeah, for sure. I don't even want to talk about what they got back. Just getting rid of minutes that would be played by Derrick Rose... They also let's just ju- lump the Dwayne Wade trade in here too. They got a yeah. second for Dwayne Wade. It was just a pure like let's send this guy home trade. Yep. But minutes that if you give any replacement level player minutes that we're going to Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade, Jay Crowder in his slump, Amon Shumpert who sucks, like you're gonna get better. Yeah. Like, any replacement level. More player. minutes for Chetty Osman is a good thing. Yeah, and even if Ronnie Hood is completely average, George Hill plays completely average, they will still be better than they were simply because Derrick Rose is not on the floor. Dwayne Wade is not on the floor. These guys cannot play. And we talked about it on our podcast when we were talking about Indiana Pacers. Just having people who don't suck is good. You yeah. know? Like, it doesn't matter. You don't need superstar players. Thaddeus Young playing minutes is a good thing simply because he doesn't suck. He's not going to blow the socks off. And the Cavs got a lot of players that just don't suck. George Hill doesn't suck. He's leading the league in three-point percentage right now, and he's going to get a lot more open shots because he's going from playing with Buddy Heald to playing with LeBron James. And he's also maybe going to be engaged, right? That, yeah. Sacramento's been a hopeless destination, and... A lot of players it's a do. Soul killer. Yeah, a lot of players do like Jaeger a lot. Uh, he was very well liked in Memphis. He seems very well liked there by most of the players. But I think for a lot of the veterans there, they're playing with all these kids who have never had any tastes of success. Yeah. Uh, some of them, even at the previous level, yeah, it, it's a tough situation there. So I just love what the Cavs did purely from getting rid of dead weight yeah. and replacing it with maybe these guys will be good, maybe these guys won't, but they're gonna be better than. Derek Rose. Yeah, I think I think they they 
probably if I plug this on to tra- to the trade machine on ESPN, which I don't know <laughs> if I could. Uh, too many options. Uh, if we plug this on to the trade machine, I think they gained a couple of wins probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it sets them up nicely by getting younger for if LeBron leaves, which I still don't think he will. If LeBron leaves, they're a little bit better set up for next year. I was certain that he was going to leave. I was like, he's going to force his way to L.A. with Paul George or to the Houston Rockets. And now, is there a destination that gives him a better... I mean, Houston for sure. But other than Houston, is there a destination that gives him a better chance to win? And I think the Cavs really improved their chances right now. And they have Lance's 25... Yeah, Rodney Hood's twenty five. If they can sign him for a reasonable contract, I think that's going to improve their team. He's shooting thirty eight percent. That's probably going to go up. Can, if their pick is good enough and they get a Marvin Bagley, do they try and move on from Thompson or Love? One of those two. If I think if they could dump Thompson, they would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, uh, Love is still really good. He is now their best trade piece, and they have all these other. They got deeper, so they have a lot of other players around that uh, around LeBron. They might try to trade Love this summer. If the Brooklyn pick does get that good and they get a Porter or a Bagley, um, I think, yeah, they might try to move Love for another group of, you know, switchy wings. Yeah. Uh, you know, because it's all about be- beating Golden State. And yeah. That, then I think LeBron would definitely stay. Any other big... There are a few other moves around the league. Those are obviously the big ones. Uh, Jameer Nelson went to the... Reunited with Stan Van Gundy on the Pistons. Yep. Uh, they find the two years away from being two years away special. Bruno Cavoclo finally <laughs> out in Toronto. Uh, he had a lot of fun, got a lot of face tattoos in his several years there, mm-hmm. but didn't get a lot of playing time. And, it, you know, now the Malachi Richardson era begins. He's now two years away from being <laughs> two years away. Uh, uh, one of my personal weird favorite players, Alfred Payton, uh, got dumped. Oh, Another yeah. situation, going to be a restricted free agent. They didn't want to have to make the decision, get a second-round pick because they were going to let him walk anyway. If the Knicks were going after point guards who can't shoot, I sort of wish they had gone after Peyton rather than yeah. ODA. He's very Rondo-esque. Peyton. Mm-hmm. That's always been his closest comp. So, Do you guys think there are teams that like blew it? Uh, well, we talked about the Grizzlies not I think the Grizzlies blew it, not getting it. anything yeah. out of Tyree. Mm-hmm. I think the Clippers not making a trade sort of blew it, too. I just don't understand what they're doing. Yeah. They're trying to be competitive, but also tanking they should have just gotten rid of if if they could should have dumped deandre jordan for, for sure. a cup because he's probably going to pick up his option for 24 million because i don't think the market next year for free agency is going to be super hot and do you want to be playing paying but deandre jordan could you million see a situation where either his locker room neighbors for the lakers strike out on their big one their big attempts or like phoenix tries to clear space for lebron for the fifth time and then they have all this money. Can't you, or Portland clears a bunch of, Portland has space as well. Can't you mm. see someone max giving him a non-bird rights max? I, I can. Yes, yeah, I guess I can. But he's 31. He's going to be 31 next year. Yeah. I don't I, know. I thought the Vonley trade in Portland where they dumped him for a second round pick or something. Uh, I thought that was potentially setting up, move one piece, make a little bit more fl- room flexibility. So they could squeeze DeAndre in there this year and try and convince him, like, hey, we're going to be a real playoff team. Uh, yeah. I would like that team if they did get DeAndre. Yeah, I think it would work. I mean, I love everyone who listens to our pod knows how much I love Damian Lillard. but Yeah. And Urkel. I mean, Stephen Urkel. I mean, CJ McCollum. <laughs>
And yeah. uh, the man who gets hit in the face more than anyone else. Um, oh, Nurk, Nurk, Nurkic. Nurkic, Yusuf yeah, Yusuf Nurkic. Nurkic. I thought Nurkic. Uh, Yusuf Colby, Yusuf Nurkic uh, plays is the center for the Portland Trailblazers, and he gets hit in the face more than any other NBA player. <laughs> uh, he's he, leading the league in shots taken to the face. Uh, yeah, he has a statistically impossible number of flagrant two fouls against him in his career and this year. Like, it's extremely <laughs> unlikely that an, an average NBA player like never gets a flagrant two against uh-huh. them. Mm-hmm. And he's got like seven this year and everyone <laughs> else has one or something like that. That rules. He's really good at yeah, getting players thrown out of yeah. games by getting hit in the face. Yeah. It's a very valid skill. It's Yeah, it's really important. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask a, a philosophical question of, of this oh. assemblage here. I love it. I never want to come off as a bandwagon fan. Like I have my mm-hmm. team. I'm a diehard Grizzlies fan. And it would be really hard for me to ever not be a Grizzlies fan, right? I the, That's my hometown and all mm. that good stuff. So I never want to be a bandwagon fan. And I don't own any gear from any other teams. I used to. I used to have, like, a Jason Richardson throwback Warriors jersey mm. uh, with the old The City logo. But I got rid of it because I was like, you know, I don't want to be a bandwagoner. I used to have, like, some Orlando Magic gear from when I liked them in the Shaq and Penny days. But I got rid of it because I don't want to be committed. Is it wrong if I really, really want to buy a Dwayne Wade Miami Vice Heat jersey in the pink and the teal? Is it wrong if I like literally have that page open right now and I'm staring and hoping <laughs> that it can fall into my hands? I think hmm, it's a very interesting question because mm. I only own Nick's gear and I don't think I would ever wear gear from any other team unless it was like cross sports yeah like i used to have a lot of phillies gear because my girlfriend in college was a big time phillies fan Mm. i bought a lot of phillies gear and then she broke up with me right after that and then i was just (laughs) like now i have all this phillies gear what do i do with it i don't know where it went but i think you uh, know same sport yeah i have it in a (laughs) trunk just in case memory in case we ever get back together (laughs) (laughs) 10 years later yeah um I think it's okay because those jerseys are super, super cool. Yeah. And Wade yeah. is a legend. It's not like you're getting a waiter's jersey. Yes. Like, I think you could get a Dr. J throwback or uh, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan. They're, Spud Webb. These are legends. Bowl. Yeah. I completely agree. I think there are certain players, and, and Dwayne Wade is one of them, who transcend the 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 constrictions of like your team yeah because even though he's still are play- so cool they're so yeah cool. they are yeah <laughs> because even though he's still playing and his championship run was not that long ago it would feel like a throwback basically yeah, yeah. Like, it's and a- he's because he's not relevant he's not going to be relevant anymore i mean he'll be in the playoffs this year i guess they will but is he is he going to start no he'll he back, start he'll back up yeah he'll he'll be the primary ball handler off the bench probably and but he's mentioned that he's going to stay there till he uh, retires. Is Dwayne Wade going to retire next year? Not probably not this summer. Probably next summer. I think mm. he'll do one more full season in Miami. And I mean, he already lives there. He's not going to have to move. His sneaker deal is with a Chinese sneaker company. Really? I'm just saying that. Oh. Oh. Could. Uh, you know what I mean? Interesting. And he's he's probably seen the last of his ten plus million contracts. Pat Riley refused to give it give him a big contract a couple years ago that's definitely not going to change now yeah is do we see Dwayne Wade Dwayne Wade going to China would be the biggest star that's ever gone to China 
for sure. Mm. I mean, the biggest one before him was Stefan Marbury, who yeah was never a super relevant player in May, June, July. Like, never made the right. playoffs or did a playoff push. This is a former Finals MVP, three-time NBA champion, going to play in China. Would that make waves, or would that not change anything? <laughs> I don't think the Chinese league needs any help. That's true. You know, I think they're an incredibly healthy league with a lot of money and a huge fan base. Mm-hmm. They got Jimmer for debt, obviously. Uh, if he goes to the Shanghai Sharks, does the Stefan Marbury Museum that's in the back of a post office in Beijing turn into <laughs> a Dwayne Wade Museum? No, because he played for the Stefan played in for the Ducks. Oh, right. The Beijing Ducks, not Shanghai yeah. Sharks. Who's the Shanghai Sharks? Does Yao <laughs> Ming come out of retirement because that's his team that he owns? <laughs> At like fifty three or whatever he is, do we see a Yao Ming like on a the Sharks, like four hundred and eighty pound Yao Ming, <laughs> like a Jordan on the Wizards type situation? Yeah. Yes, I don't know if Yao Ming. He was so unhealthy with his lower body injuries, ankles and knees and everything. I don't know how mobile he is. Mm-hmm. What is he seven five? Yeah, he makes Shaq look short. So Kristaps is upsetting. not. Kristaps is fine. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's only, only seven, seven three. three with lifelong health problems. God, I hope Christophs is okay. This is saying seven six. Yeah, man. seven six. Yeah. Yao. Wow. Yeah, there are pictures of present Yao and present Shaq hanging out at some event in China a couple years ago, where Shaq has gained a hundred pounds since yeah. he retired, probably. Yeah, uh, and lost maybe ten of it to get on TV. Uh, and then you know the camera adds an extra hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. Yao just dwarfs him. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at this picture of Yao Ming now. Everyone out there, imagine this picture right now. <laughs> Everyone out there, you guys got phones. Yeah. <laughs> if you're on. driving, just, just look it up while you drive. Yeah. Just ask Siri or it's, the assistant. It's don't text and drive, not don't look at pe- pictures of Yao Ming <laughs> and drive. Right. Yeah. Well, guys, we're just about out of time yeah. here. Uh, we're going to play some uh, music at the end of the show here to give the uh, the next show a little bit of time to set up. But uh, is, any- it, is the music you're going to play going to be the uh, NBA on NBC Round Ball Rock? <laughs> we song? can if you want to. Yes, please. Let's, all right. I'll, can we, I'll can I request Round Ball Rock? I'll try yeah. and find it. The full live version, though? It's yeah. about nine minutes. Is it John uh, John Tesh? It is Tesh. Uh, yeah, Tesh, there baby. he is. People, people say John Williams is a great composer. I picked different. I think John Tesh is the greatest composer <laughs> of our generation. Yeah. This, yeah, I've got it. We're, yeah, we can pretty much. It's only uh, it's only two and a half minutes though, so I guess we've got you know ninety more seconds to fill. <laughs> well, I, I do want a quick rest in peace to Rasul Butler, right? Former NBA oh, player. Yeah, that's, uh, that passed, was really sad. Passed away in a car crash at thirty eight. Uh, mm. Quick rest in peace to him. It's always a bummer to see someone, a member of the larger community, uh, and to rest in peace to R.J. Adelman, Rick Adelman's son, oh, also really passed away sad. in a car accident. Also, rest in peace to. Um... The max contract that uh, Isaiah Thomas was going to get. Yeah. yeah, I will say this. Can I just and to end on a downer? What happened to Isaiah Thomas really sucks, and I'll never begrudge uh-huh. any player for leaving a team ever again, like LeBron or or Kevin Durant did. Because you look at what Danny Ainge and the Boston Celtics did to Isaiah Thomas, and you're like, there is no loyalty. No, go get your money, get live your best life, live where you want to live. Because Isaiah Thomas, he, you know, just watched a truck full of $100 million drive away from him. Yeah. NBA owners because are the cops. Because he played hurt. Like, yeah. the owners are the cops, and the players need to strength, continue to strengthen their already strong union. Mm-hmm. And if you believe in workers' rights, then you should 100% be rooting for LeBron yeah. to sign wherever he wants this summer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Especially New York. Well, uh, <laughs> we got we to gotta end it there. Uh, right. Thanks to Matt Strickland. Say something. Thank you. Thanks <laughs> no for having me. Great to be here. Check us out. Tau Hoops. 
Tav, Tav Hoops. Tav yeah. Hoops at Gmail. Tav Hoops Pod on Instagram. Yeah. And uh, check out my show, uh, Young Versus Ready, which airs right before this program at 10 a.m. every Sunday. Uh, I've been Colby Smith. Uh, this uh, but Joe and everybody will every will be all back next week uh, here on Point of Order, so be sure and tune in for that. So I guess we're going to go out to the uh, the NBA on NBC theme. And is the computer working now? No! <laughs> I had trouble with this uh, earlier this morning, and uh, I can see the problem. The problem has not been resolved. You know what we're going to do now? We're going to do a good old-fashioned... We're going to do a good old-fashioned uh, uh, college radio-style transition. Hey, everybody! Hey. The, uh, the studio laptop is on the fritz as far as audio input goes, so we're doing a good old-fashioned college radio-style transition here. Wonderful. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> What's the name of your show, Rosie? The Brooklyn Conversation starting up very shortly. Uh, do not touch that dial, folks. We will be on the air very shortly. Okay, cool. Hello. I'm just going to talk for the rest of Point of Order until we start up our show, which will have special guests, and we'll be discussing masturbation. Anyone else want you love masturbation? Sure. I'm Who not surprised. Love masturbation? This is not a controversial topic. No. Oh. No. When do the promotions come on? <laughs> uh, at, at 12 noon exactly. Wonderful. Wonderful. So why don't we just play a song, actually? We'll play a quick song. Oh, there's Jalen. And um, actually, let's, let's... Jalen, is that you? Yes, it is. Sorry about that. Okay, well, we got on a little bit early. We're on the end of the uh, the other show, so I'm going to stay on the line, and sure. we will turn you back on. Thank you. Okay. No uh, let's see what song we have queued up. 